You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to another special report here on Legal Talk Network. My name is Alan Pierce. I'm an attorney with the law firm of Pierce, Pierce, and Napolitano in Salem, Massachusetts. However, today's show is being recorded on location at the Workers' Injury Law and Advocacy Group Willig Conference at the Bacara Resort in Santa Barbara, California. Joining me today is Louis Heller. Lou is an attorney in New York. Welcome to the show. And before we get started, just tell us a little bit about where you practice. Hi, Alan. Uh, I actually practice in New York, from New York City uh, through the upstate region. Um, I'm a former partner at the uh, Pasternak Tilka firm. And uh, for the last seven years, I've been counsel and I travel around and have a boutique practice. Uh, Lou is one of the few attorneys here that might be a, a couple of years older than me, grayer hair but more hair, and also has a deep knowledge of how those of us who practice workers' comp law got here, how this practice evolved and developed, because even though workers' comp has been around for a 100 or so years, it really was a very difficult practice years and years ago because lawyers didn't do it. They didn't want to do it. They were outspent. They were outnumbered. And let's take us, our listeners back a little bit historically as to how an organization like Willig evolved from perhaps its earlier predecessors. And I know you, we both know some of the early players who are long since gone, but describe for us the origins of, of our predecessor uh, bar association. Well, I'd be glad to, Alan. And Alan, I think that I thought that I was the dodo bird, the last one, but I think that it's you and me. I think we because are. Because yeah. we date back to the Commonwealth back in the yes, late 60s, early 70s, st- and had the honor of knowing Samuel Horvitz of the Boston Bar. Exactly. Uh, a mentor Sa- and a professor of mine and yours. At Suffolk Law School. Right. Sam was probably the author of workers' compensation in 39 states and 16 foreign jurisdictions that I know of. And... In between getting the lowdown on how workers' compensation works and the inner workings and hidden mechanisms of how insurance companies take after our clients, uh, we learned a lot of how the workers' compensation lawyers in this country organized. Uh, Following World War II, Sam sat out in his car and actually met up with a guy in Michigan by the name of Sherman. And he and Mr. Sherman... Uh, founded an organization called NACCA, N-A-C-C-A, which stood for the National Association of Compensation Claimants Attorneys. Well, working people need to be represented, and with the growth of this country following the baby boomers that you and I were, that uh, there was a need for people to be represented. They wouldn't be roughshod over anymore. And there was an organization called NACA that organized on a national level all of the compensation claimants' attorneys. Well, as the practice grew, uh, NACA evolved to an organization called the American Trial Lawyers Association. Now, there's a story we could tell for another day how they decided to change their name Uh, on little personality issues and whither are they going, but NACA became ATLA. ATLA became big time, mainstream. Tort tort lawyers. Tort lawyers. Melvin Belli and his... And 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 all he did for the tort practice, but workers' comp was kind of 
pushed to the side. It was every year got pushed further to the side. And comp, which is the building block of a good negligence case, got marginalized. We were the comp guys. And we got so far marginalized to the point where an organization was formed about 19 years ago. Uh, people flew into Chicago. I was not the first. I came in year two. But there was a group of true believers that felt that the workers' compensation bar in this country was not being adequately served. And they founded Willig, Workplace Injury Litigation Group. Now, we would meet quite often at the same time when ATLA would meet, but we were separate and apart. So we were a litigation group of ATLA, but we were our own little bar association, which I don't think made them happy. Uh, Secondly, a lot of our members never joined uh, ATLA because they didn't, they didn't like need to. They didn't need to, and they didn't like the representation. And offering up compensation claimants as sacrificial lambs to protect negligence and no fault and other types of uh, third-party actions, uh, we started this group with a bunch of people. By year three, I hosted the meeting in New York City, and at that meeting... We actually had a, a phone-a-thon. We called and got members. Um, those of us came, reached in our pockets. Uh, we computerized. We had a hard-working president out of Colorado, and the, the organization grew. And what we did was we all reached back and did what Sam did, got in your car, except now we used an air, jet airplane, and we went all over the country, and we started preaching workers' rights. Yep. And as I, as I read Sam's story and as I heard his story, and so much of it was lore and so much of it uh, was actual historical, he literally attached a, a trailer to his car, and he did a southern swing, uh, preaching to union halls. Here was this little Jewish lawyer from Harvard and Massachusetts with the little wire rim glasses talking to these good old southern boys and he organized them with the fervor of a gospel minister and his message was what his message was that insurance companies screw workers and he believed that to the very essence of his core i taught my wife that he spewed venom in his 80s and the venom was hatred of insurance companies because they did no good for yeah. people. And, you know, when you say Willig was formed in Chicago, NACA was formed in Portland, Oregon in 1946 or 7, and he crashed a party. That was the annual meeting of the International Association of Industrial Accident Boards and Commissions, which is still an active group of in, supposedly independent judicial members of the administrative arm of adjudicating cases, funded by the insurance industry. They met at the Huntsman Hotel in Portland, Oregon, and Sam and Ben Marcus from Detroit and Sherman, they crashed the party and NACA was formed. It's funny. And the NACA not only was an organization, they published the NACA Journal. That's correct. I guess a little more of Sam rubbed off of me than I knew. Yeah. I was a member of the IAIABC E-I-E-I-O. Yeah. <laughs> I was on the fraud committee, and they didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the fox in the hen house. I was. Or the hen in the fox house, I guess, might be the better phrase. And, blo and blowing the whistle on what yeah. was going on at those well, dinners. Well, we, you know, here we are today. It's 2014. You know what? We've been listening to a lot of what's going on around the country, and we're fighting the same battles. They were fighting in 1911 and 1946 and 1994. And it looks like we're going to be fighting them for a while. But we can't fight them unless we know what we're fighting, how, how to fight, 
and, and, and what our end game is. Uh, I have found, and I, I know you have mentored and have had many long, young lawyers come up in your firm. In my view, you cannot be an adequate or better than adequate workers' comp lawyer unless you know, appreciate, and understand the history of what those folks that came before you and I had to go through to make this the practice that it is. And I want to commend you for being able to be that link to that that other generation uh, that has allowed us to be able to have the tools for which we could use to fight for the rights of our clients because if we can't fight for them, who can? Thank you. And in closing, to add what you just said, I think we're going full circle again. And that is the victim of the injury is now being victimized by the system for which it was designed to protect. It is called workers' compensation. It isn't called employers' limited liability benefits system. Well, that's in the bracket underneath that's written that you can't see. But the answer is that the insurance company basically, or the insurance companies in this country, look at workers' compensation as an insurance package. And they want a certainty over what they're going to pay. And in that, they every year there is workers' compensation deform in this country. There has been no great strides. We have been on the defensive for 20 years, maybe 40 years. One of the partners at the uh, Pasternak uh, Tilker firm, Barbara Tilker's father, was an old-time workers' compensation expert, not a lawyer, an expert lawyer, who basically invented for the Sandhogs occupational disease and silicosis. Prior to uh, Barbara's father, there was no occupational disease in New York. It had to be an accident. It had to be an accident. And here, these people would breathe silica for 20, 30, 40 years, come out of the tunnels, cough, and die. Silica, or silicosis, the the pneumoconiosis that you get from inhaling silica dust, is as lethal and fatal as mesothelioma and lung cancer, So, and can cause lung cancer. So he invented the situation of occupational disease in New York and protected a lot of workers in our state and filtered across the country. But Barbara told me uh, one day, going to a funeral of a union official of the Sandhogs who dig these tunnels, that her father told her that when she was a little girl and every year thereafter, that every year the legislature tries to take away benefits from injured workers and every year it's the workers' compensation bar that has to stand up and fight those givebacks. And quite frankly, you're going to start seeing more of these opt-outs unless people realize that people are entitled to speedy medical care and a wage replacement that doesn't take a middle-class person and put them in a, a poverty situation, which is unconscionable. So, Alan, thank you for having me today. Well, I thank you. It. Not only thank you for being here, but thank you for all you do and what your former firm does and what you're continuing to do and what we all do uh, at Willick to try to be the uh, last line of defense or the first line of offense for the injured worker. These are, they're our clients. They're, they're our neighbors. They're our families. So this has been another edition of Special Reports. I'm Alan Pierce. Until next time, thank you for listening. 
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.